LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station and up to 1,000 watts. LDG power tuners are ideal for portable and mobile use as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year, fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. This is episode 344. My name is Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about tower fees. Interesting story came up. We're going to talk about that. We'll also be talking about some dream activations is there a dream activation for you? We'll talk about it. Our friends that are joining us in the chat, we will uh, get your responses as well. Of course, Sidecar Steve is with me today, and we're going to be uh, talking about a few couple times. You still got a little leftover dance in you, do you? Yeah, that's, that music is stuck in my head. <laughs> good okay. morning, everyone. Good morning, good, good morning. Good evening, whatever time you're watching. Yeah, good day. Good day, Good all. day, sir. So a couple of things came up, and we're going to uh, comment on them, and I want to play you guys a clip uh, as well. So uh, hang with me. This will be one of those nights or days or afternoons when you are engaged with us. We need your opinions and thoughts on this. And I'm going to start off here, and everybody has the ability to not talk at all if they don't want to. Uh, first, I want to mark a little bit of history here, Steve, because what is really cool is that uh, tonight at midnight, St. Louis will lift the mask mandate, and for the first time in two years, I can go to work next week with the option indoors. You know, we were pretty much uh, mandated indoors because of the city of St. Louis has said, you know, cases are down, thumbs are up, and uh, you guys now have the options. And and so you're, we're playing this sort of, um, you know, let's see how there's a coding system. I guess it's like with air or quality or heat index, you know, but we're going to have some sort of way of measuring cases. And if they hit a certain level, then maybe we need to put our mask back up for a little bit. But pretty much here in my city, we are, uh, we're good to go and we're below that threshold and a new ordinance has come in. So I'm super excited about that because this has been one of those shows that document uh, a journey and it is the intersection of life and amateur radio and a big part of our life for over two years now has been. I still remember when we first started talking about it. That's a couple right. Couple years ago, we uh, we were bringing up the uh, uh, who was it? Hopkins uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, and we were catching the count. John Hopkins yeah. when it was first started, and it was kind of like, what is this thing? And I look at these cases going up, and I kind of remember that a couple, you know, a little over two years ago when we started messing around with that. And uh, yeah, our mass mandate here for the state of Washington is. Uh, ending uh or ending the 11th which is this coming friday so awesome we're about a week behind you so, awesome uh, it's perfect i mean we we did go the yeah. wrong way and then we kind of snapped back and mm -hmm. got it under control and i think we're just going to live this way for a bit you know and i, I just plan on if i have a cold if i'm feeling sick i'm, I'm, I'm gonna put my mask on i don't want to miss work about it because they were like stay home you're feeling bad stay home 
I'd rather wear a mask and not get you sick with anything. I, so you Exactly, know. and I think that's going to help out a lot. It's more people are, uh, I was just talking with a coworker um, uh, just yesterday down at one of our generation plants, uh, and uh, from those pictures I sent in the yesterday not, or last night uh, from my trip to uh, down to the state line, and um, it was, uh, he was sick. His family was sick, but they just kind of had some kind of uh, bug that kind of went through the family. He did all kinds of testing at the local clinic and everything came up negative, but he stayed home. And that was the thing. And uh, a lot more people are starting to stay home. And uh, when they're not feeling good, uh, employers are kind of enforcing it a little bit or encouraging it. It's like you don't feel well stay home mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. don't bother coming into work where it used to be. We would just tough it out and have a coworker that's, you know, hawking up a lung or something like that. And like, yeah, Dude, go back home. And uh, no, I can't, I don't have any time off or this or that. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good. I think in the end it's going to be a good thing. Hey, Steve-O, give me a pinch more of your audio. I don't know, maybe a couple of three DB tops or so. There and we go. I'll give you, you a go. little more. Beautiful. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Thank you. That's Sherry and HR chiming in yep. here. Sherry yep. and HR. I'll, I'll see you in a bit, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry, uh, we'll see you down there very soon. Another uh, bit of topic that came out yesterday was the oddest thing in the world to me, and it was the leadership at QRZ pulling oh uh, the contacts for the Russian ham radio operators. And then there was some odd post from their leadership saying, you know, uh, you know, some people, half of the people, this is to paraphrase, because it was taken down. And I believe it was taken down because the people got pissed off and the membership oh, got yeah. pissed off. And I think that moves people to go, wait a minute. So anyway, it was a, basically the position of seemingly supporting Ukraine. Of course, we all do. We're supporting Ukraine. But we also know as uh, individual human beings that... The people of Russia and ham radio operators did not invade Ukraine. Pootie did. And uh, so the fact that you would kind of take that off the board and a part of your service was odd. And I think people really were like, dude, what is this about? And before long, Steve, it was gone. Like, I think yeah, the people. Hours, it was gone. <laughs> power to the people, y'all. Power to the people. You have spoken. And uh, what I felt from the jump was a ridiculous deal before I got too offended by it. It was changed. Your thoughts on that, Steve? Oh yeah. Well, I, I read the post and it was uh, right off the bat. He, Fred, um, the owner of QRZ said, I'm going to piss off half the people here and I'm going to make the other half happy. So he realized it right from the beginning. He, he stepped into, he's going to step into a can of worms. And he basically to paraphrase what happened, he banned Russian call signs in QRZ for the lookups. And it's like, why, what's that going to accomplish? And why did you, you know, go down that road? So, um, it, uh, created a, um, a, a stir, many, uh, non-U.S. uh, amateurs reacted badly. Um, if you go into their forums, you're going to see a lot of locked, uh, posts, because it just uh, kind of went off the rails. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I can understand, uh, you know, Fred's emotion. But on the other hand, it's the hypocrisy, in my opinion, is that 
a little over a year ago, he said, this is going to be a political free environment and we're not going to tolerate any political discussion. And, and that's great. We're going to keep it uh, related to the, uh, to the hobby. And I applauded that. And then he comes out here and makes this huge political statement. And, and I'm there, you know, I don't know what the background is. It was like, it, it just, it wasn't right. We don't need to be, yes, we are upset at the leadership in Russia, but why take it out on our fellow amateurs Yeah, that all we do, all we want to do is just chat on the radio and, you know, enjoy our hobby here. And I think that was a, a I don't think it was a good move by Fred and maybe he came to a census and, mm-hmm. you know, emotions were running high and, um, and the post is gone and, you know, we'll put it behind us. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't, um, other than that, after this, it's, you know, we'll move on. And, uh, so yeah, you can look up, uh, Russian, uh, call signs now on QRZ. Thank like you. It used to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, t- put it in the right direction. I remember, um, a great program director of mine in Philadelphia basically told me, stay away from religion and politics because you lose half your audience just like that. And nobody wants exactly. to do that. You can keep your opinions. I will let you know that the team here is in support of Ukraine as evidenced by our uh, a simple gesture of showing our antenna analyzers uh, rig expert is made in Ukraine. So anyhow, the, that was just uh, one thing. Another topic we want to shift into today, Steve, I did a story for Amateur Radio Newsline. They kindly asked me to do that. And they asked me um, from time to time to do emergency communication type stories. So I want to share something with you guys and get your opinion uh, we're going to put up a uh, a poll. I'm going to try this for the first time, Steve. I don't know if it's going to work. But listen to the story. It's only one minute, if you will. And then uh, we'll see if this poll works out and we'll get your ideas on what you think. Check it out. Hams in Michigan who provide emergency communications have told local officials that because they rely on the use of a tower located inside a national forest, they may now face a new fee of $1,400 to operate. According to a report in the Manistee News, the Manistee County Amateur Radio Operators Club received notice from the U.S. Forest Service that there might be a fee for their use of the tower. Forest Service officials announced in December that they have proposed such fees for any communications users, including cellular phone providers, maintaining permanent equipment on Forest Service land. The agency has reopened the public comment period on the proposal through March 31st. Comments can be posted online at federalregister.gov. The American Radio Relay League has filed comments asking for ham radio operators to be exempt from the fee. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Christian Kudnick, K0STH. Okay, I don't know if I'll be able to create this poll. For some reason, I'm having an issue here. Steve, why don't you go ahead first and give me your your thoughts on this, and then I'll chime in. I want to ask the people oh, in the chat, because I can't get the poll to go. I tried. I thought we had a good thing going. But uh, put yes or no. Put right now yes or no if you're here live with us. Our podcast listeners, you could send a message if you'd like to. We invite you to come here every week for our live recording of the podcast. You can be in the chat room and share your thoughts as well. Yes or no, guys, um, should the Manistee County Amateur Radio Operators Club have to pay the U.S. Forest Service a fee to use the tower? Yes or no? Steve, your thoughts. 
no, they shouldn't. But unfortunately, um, the Forest Service, and I'm uh, I'm going to irritate a bunch of people with this, the Forest Service is going to do it. It's um, They have a mandate from Congress, and this goes back uh, a, a few years ago. And um, Congress said, hey, you guys need to start charging uh, for uh, services. And uh, most uh, communication sites that I've been involved with that are on Forest Service land, are the land is leased to a building, uh, you know, uh, someone that leases it and they put up a building and everything. And then the Forest Service charges fees. And so they're trying to recoup uh, fees um, by the mainly the the you know the commercial environment but then they go well we gotta we gotta do everybody and the amateur radio is part of it and it's just not limited to the to the forest service here in the state of washington our dnr is doing the same thing they are they're, but they're going even one step further and i don't know if they've implemented but when i've talked with the manager one of the managers in dnr they were they were going to choose and pick which amateurs were going to have access to the site so it was like if you had two or three groups that had repeaters on a particular site in dnr land they were going to choose which ones get to stay and the other ones get the boot Mm -hmm. and um or pay the fees and theirs was uh i think twenty five hundred dollars a year versus fourteen hundred but this went going back to the forest service this goes back to congress mandating the agencies that you have to uh, start collecting fees. And if you noticed, and the FCC put out the proposed rulemaking that we're going to have to pay $35 for our license uh, every time you upgrade. So, uh, and then I think renew. So it's, it's a big thing. It's not the Forest Service's issue. They're being told to do it. And the rationale is going to be, well, we got roads to maintain. We have all this other stuff that needs to be maintained to support these comm sites. And they're just looking for an easy buck because a, a cell site on a, on a mountaintop is going to generate seventy to $100,000 a year. So, yeah, they're going to go cha-ching and bring it in. So, unfortunately, we're going to get swept up into it. Hopefully, with you know, if we had congressional support and, uh, and, and that's where it needs to go because that's where it started. It started in Congress. We need to... We need to lobby our, our representatives and say, hey, we need to have exemptions for, you know, nonprofit or non-commercial entities like amateur radio. So, well, be an interesting one. I'm going to uh, respectfully disagree. I think $1,400 is too much. I think that's mm-hmm. perfect for a cellular, which are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. They should carry the burden, I think, of that. I think a reduced rate you know, something manageable for amateur radio. It is the Forest Park Service. I respect everything you said, Steve, and I'm, I don't debate you at all. It's not a challenge at all. I just think that it, you know, we probably could pay something, even if it's just one of those nominal fees. I know how hard it is for the amateur radio community mm-hmm. to get funds, to keep their clubs together. It is the use. It's on, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of, Torn. I think fourteen hundred dollars is ridiculous, and no, it is ridiculous. Completely I mean, no. Uh, something reasonable would be a hundred dollars or something. A hundred dollars, fine. Way, and, and that way, it's it's like okay, the hams are not getting a free ride, but we're kind of getting a subsidized ride. 
or you know we are paying but we're not we're not a money making op operation right. like the right. uh, cell company and uh but this goes to all users up there so but i bet you and i i haven't looked into it i bet you uh public safety is going to get a pass that they're going to get a okay or they'll have a reduced fee so it, it's going to be interesting yeah it must be reduced how this shakes it. and if they see mm -hmm. it as being a public service you know um cool I don't know, but you're accessing it. You're accessing a tower. There, there needs to be some sort of, you know, you can't just have any old Joe Blow ham going up there where there's million dollars or whatever infrastructure up there. It is on the forest. Forest needs to be protected M much lower than 1,400. I think that's ridiculous. 100 is all right. That way you got no, it, it's, how many it's guys on the MCOM team, right? You got some people on the MCOM team. I know, I know, guys. I, I'm not trying to bang us up, but, you know, I'm just thinking... 1400 is ridiculous and that commercial use of that tower should carry all of that stuff it should put swimming pools in for children it should it should do much more for the park um but and, i'm not against the nominal fee for him and one other thing they're making even more irritating it's going to be 1400 dollars per transmitter that's how they're going to regulate Jesus. it so if you have a <clears throat> a linked radio system or you have say a 440 repeater or two two meter repeater and maybe a six or 900 meg repeater that's three repeaters on a site and if you have rf linking that's some more transmitters it's going to be fourteen hundred dollars per transmitter yeah so, yeah they're gonna and and the bureaucrats and the and the people sitting behind the desk they don't know the difference between um amateur radio versus public safety or or some taxi cab service or some GMR repeater or GMRS repeater, excuse me. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be the transmitters mm -hmm. and that's because they can count that the receivers. They, they don't seem to be too worried about that. It's just the transmitters. So they'll just go out and they'll start counting antennas or they'll go in the building and they'll just start counting transmitters and cha-ching, uh, cha-ching, cha-ching. So it, it's, it sucks, Ed, but mm -hmm. it's it's not. I what I'm trying to tell you is I don't think it's the, our anger needs not go to the Forest Service because they're just doing what they've been directed to do. The problem is is with Congress, in my opinion. The Forest Service is going to get the the brunt of it, but it needs to go even higher than them. So there is an open comment period. It's going to the end of this month, the uh, March 31st. So get in there, make a comment on it. Uh, I like the license fees. I think it's gonna it there. It's gonna be there now, whether it's fourteen hundred dollars or a hundred dollars or anywhere in between. Who knows what will end up happening? But the the fee's gonna be there, whether we like it or not. We okay. got to pay to play. All right, let's uh <clears throat> let's check in with a new member of our team. I want to introduce you to a new member of our team. Are you ready for this? You think you know him. You think you know this guy, but uh, need to welcome to the team. This is Ed. Ed. Have you met Ed? Ed Abul. Ed. Ed Abuls is joining us in the control room. And uh, he's been keeping a check. Look at it. There's Ed Abuls, everyone. A nice Irish gentleman helping us in. Everyone say hello to Ed. Hello, Ed. There's Ed. Welcome to the uh, team, Ed Abuls. Great, great to be here. I What's going on with I am. 
with the ch- I know you don't know where you are, but uh, you're up on screen and live, and uh, we're recording, so we're, we've got that much. What the chat se- uh, seem to think about this question? A resounding no in the chat, um, uh, or a few folks that commented on there being a a, a lower fee, um, or if there's an existing agreement in place to um, be grandfathered in, them. and mm-hmm. yeah, and honor that agreement. But uh, yeah, overwhelming no in the chat with the uh, regards to the fee on the tower. All right. Can you believe he just came on the show and dropped a gummy in his mouth and yeah. did a report yeah, on on the friggin' pole with a with a gummy in his mouth? With, with, with a gum, and it's probably, well, look where his hands are. Thank you to Ed. Hands on the table. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Ed a bull. Everybody, thank you for that. A couple notes before we get into it. We were going to talk a little bit about, and uh, boy, Tempest Fugit. We are already uh, rolling through this show. Uh, but a couple of notes uh, in history. Nikola Tesla, you know, he's uh, he's my favorite. Uh, back this week in 1904, he writes in the Electrical World and Engineering an article titled The Transmission of Electrical Energy Without Wires. Tesla was the man. In my opinion, oh, we'll have to do a whole show on Tesla one day, but uh, there you go. Also, this week in 1907, the first radio broadcast of a musical composition took place when Lee DeForest, Lee DeForest, I have a picture up here on my wall behind me of his tower that he brought to St. Louis for the World's Fair. Very important player. And uh, it was a performance of Rossini's William Tell Overture, which uh, Steve will hum for you in just a second. From the uh, Telharmonic Hall in New York to the uh, Brooklyn Navy Yard. So we uh, some important stuff happening back in 1904, 1907. These guys were grinding it out. We're sitting here talking about things. They were out there uh, really doing, doing it. it. They were doing it. Um, so dream activations. Here's one uh, that I put the I put the call out on the social this week. I usually do. Talk about dream activations. What would you really love to do out there? So we're going to put a question out there to our chat. Uh, what would your dream act- activation be? Now, if you participated on the uh, Facebook uh, you know, thing, you probably don't have to. But you can. Everybody can go ahead and say, what, what, do, what would you be your favorite destination, your dream activation? Steve, do you have one? Oh, my God. That's the that's the hard part. I don't, there's all kinds of places in the world I like to do an activation. Oh, but, uh, oh Sherry, I didn't. <laughs> I think he just. I'll explain what activation is. No, he wanted to do an uh, an activation, but the activation is actually when we transmit our wires. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it on the radio. No blue pills involved. Yeah, nothing like that. So he just wants to do an activation. Yeah, an activation is not no. It's not slang. It's not new <laughs> slang for. Okay, see, it's it's hard. It's just hard. But uh, you oh, you yeah, go to you go to trip. Hawaii. You go you oh. you're in the Pacific Northwest. All these beautiful things. Yeah. If we could I go mean, anywhere so today, much. where would we go to activate? That would be. Uh, you need some more I, time. Did like he give you Fiji. a gummy? The, I just like oh, to Fiji. be on some. On, I'd be like some island that. Uh, just right there on the white sandy beach and just uh, just some nice uh, Mai Tais and uh, just, just chatting on the radio and getting drunk as I'll get up. It's really getting weird. <laughs> this this whole thing is starting to get weird. 
Uh, let's bring Ed in. Ed Abuls. He's Ed, new to Ed, the show. All he cares about his gummy bears. So, Ed, I mean, he's just going to be, you know, have a bag of it. Ed, tell me about uh, your activation. Would you have a special activation, a dream activation? Uh, a dream activation would be um, somewhere in uh, near Moab, Utah, I guess. Somewhere Ooh. in the southeast of Utah. It's on my bucket yeah, list to go to that part of the country. I hear about Moab is spectacularly beautiful it is, is uh, freaking awesome i'd like to go to there. i would like to go to there well thank you and everybody in the chat go ahead and tell us where you would like to have your activation and uh, we can go and take a look at some of the results that we put out on facebook steve every week we put out a question to get the people engaged and I wanted to know why. If you could operate from anywhere in the world, anywhere on the planet, where would it be and why? And I asked to leave their call sign, of course, and we would talk about it. Brian says he always dreamed of island hopping in Tahiti and activating multiple you, islands brother. on the air. See, there you go. There he says go. it's such a beautiful and exotic place to visit. Uh, Thomas said Midway. He's a Whiskey Ooh. Kilo 8 Mike course i asked him why i'm not yeah, sure the history there midway uh looks like bob would like to go to the caribbean work there warm weather it's not crowded they speak english uh, former british honduras uh plus no uh what is that extraction treaty with the u.s that's a winner winner chicken dinner thank you yeah. bob uh larry what oh, i don't even know what this what this is right here Ang anger what in what cambodia so he wants to go to cambodia that's a heritage site and uh he says it's amazing ginger he said uh, or she said i'm not sure which i'd connect to all the old antennas in antiqua i'd be uh nice. talking to hams and operating uh shortwave stations playing reggae for the world antiqua is beautiful i love the caribbean nice. uh friend of ed's i imagine here he's ready to uh listen to reggae and uh just kick back uh james says any of the miles of uh local snowmobile trails in the winter and from the kayak in the summer he would combine things that he enjoys the most in a way i get to share that experience with others over the air so there you go that's a cool thing and uh, moving along, Jamie says, all the high peaks in the Andor Adirondack. That's a word that's hard for me at this time of day. In the mountains, New York State, uh, they're absolutely beautiful. And being able to tie in his love for the North Country and amateur radio would be a dream come true. And Lynn, let's see if I'm allowed to operate there. Diego Garcia. There you okay. go. Isolated from the rest of the world and probably a rare DX entity. Now, I don't know if people are putting their comments in. Let's bring Ed in. Ed Abuls. Ed, uh, do we have any information coming in from our friends in the chat where they might like to activate? Uh-oh. He's muted. He's muted himself. Muted uh, himself. I see one on the floor of the Grand Canyon. It's, yeah, a, it's an old cool. studio habits that I'm finding hard to break. It's keep, okay. Keep that talk back and make muted. It's okay. Otherwise, the uh, the client will get uh, <laughs> pissed off about some, you guys talking about things in the control room. Uh, <laughs> uh, ben KX4TQ. He said, "Just make sure that the antenna is rigid." Oh, uh, so Sherry, let me explain. 
let me get back to you on that one. She may actually have a point. And uh, he also he wants to do a, a lighthouse, a top of a lighthouse activation. Oh, that'd be excellent. Um, that'd be really cool. Mark says my dream activation involves Snoop Dogg. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't get it. Okay, uh, I dig <laughs> it. He wants to maybe rap at the halftime show um, at the Super Bowl, something um, like that. John Brace wants to uh, activate from the uh, the Grand Canyon. Getting out might be a bit of a challenge. Uh, James N. He um, <laughs> his dad's house on Florida. Yes, he wants to do that at his dad's house. And um, Adam KM Seven N. Um, the, uh, the the Remo Test Island um is where he would like to do nice, his nice. right, oh, over. Yeah. yeah we got a few thank you for that uh butch let's see the amundsen scott south pole station because my great uncle was there six times with operation deep freeze with the navy in the 50s and 60s plenty of uh stories there and he's always wanted to go johnny vans uh two to three big mountains uh close to home within an hour drive That'd be enough for him. David says, frying pan towers, 32 miles in the Atlantic Ocean, rare grid square. Excellent. Robert, Wake Island. I was there briefly yeah. about 20 years ago, and it's number 34 on the most wanted DXCC list. We occasionally send someone there uh, for work, so maybe I'll get a chance to go. Ron, he says, I guess I hear a different drummer. I work so hard to be on the air right here at home. So his dream activation is at his home. So, okay. That's fine oh, with me. Wow. That, that'll work. That'll work for me. I like Alan. Uh, Alan, a picnic table along the stream in Yellowstone at Sunrise. Beautiful. Nice, he recently uh, went for nice. the first time with his family at Sunrise. Uh, the peace, beauty, and a couple of good conversations would be a perfect way to spend the day. So, there you go, man. That's pretty good. Well, the the North Korea one would yeah. be kind of cool. To North be Korea. an oper to be the operator of the number one DX entity, you'd be tired. Is, you'd be uh, so from tired. North Korea. Mm. Yeah, we be... almost got a chance at that a couple of years ago. There was a team, or maybe it was a lie. I can't remember now. Maybe it was a hoax. There was a word there going was, around there that a, there was yeah. a hoax in there, and I think they've tried to put uh, some things together. And there was a guy that no, said, "I'm going to be the in guy there." That was in, Marty was involved. It was Marty O H. Oh shoot, I'm brain fading on Marty's call, but a very famous uh, DX operator, and and uh, it was if anyone could do it, he would do it or get a chance to do it. And uh, oh man, there's a lot of doing it. And uh, I'm yeah, in the picture. I'll see you in the picture. Um, you had to bring. Uh, I think Sherry wasn't on the button. These and, are fines, um, you know. We're gonna have to pay these fines. <laughs> so you would be the most popular in amateur radio if you were an operator there at uh, in North Korea. But uh, it would be, it would be interesting. It would be. It could be a a, a dream activation if. Uh, if things went well, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Well, yeah, it's tough, man. That's a crazy town right now. It would be super excellent, cool, and fun, but uh, we know things are a little nutty. Yeah, Steve, you want to hang out here? We've got, we've got a sure. club, to, or you can go to the chat, whatever you like to do, but we got a guest. So let's button up and uh, at least pretend that the HR doesn't call us on occasion for saying things that could be misconstrued. Um, just comes right through here like the hotline. But uh, let's go over here. Our club feature this week, we're going to talk to Michael. Hello to Michael. He's Kilo Echo 8 Alpha Quebec Whiskey. 
and uh, he's got an interesting club. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him about what's going on with the Ford Amateur Radio League. Uh, Michael, what's going on with you? Thanks for stopping by today. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, happy to talk about the Ford Amateur Radio League, also known as the Tin Lizzy Club. Oh, cool. I like that. Is that a play on like that. Thin Lizzy, the band, or no? Probably not. Probably. Uh, the, the Model T uh, was sometimes uh, referred to as uh, the Tin Lizzy. And gotcha. uh, we are a club for Ford employees and other people in the area. Uh, we're part of the Ford Employee Recreation Association, and so uh, our club uh, is mostly Ford uh, Motor Company employees. Excellent. Now, we were just talking, uh, Steve and I were talking about there's several different clubs. Now, can you be a member after you leave the club? Because we know that uh, here there's a club for Boeing. And once you retire, that's it for you. You're kind of, uh, you're kind of out. Is it the same for you guys? Uh, no, actually. Um, oh, several of our retirees are still in the club. And, uh, you know, we have community members who don't work at Ford, but... Uh, yeah, we try and uh, hold lots of events throughout the year. And I mean, just down the road, we have the GM Amateur Radio Club as well. So, yeah, lots of uh, corporations have uh, clubs. That's the one Steve likes is the GM uh, club. <laughs> he saw your Ford. I said, hey, I drive an F-150. And, you know, it's it's funny. You've got the different uh, likes and those sorts of things, even in your vehicles. Uh, tell me a little bit about the history of the club. What's uh, What's good there? Yeah, so um, right now we have about 30 members or so, and we try to hold some events throughout the year. One of our biggest ones is uh, Field Day. We partner with another club, the Livonia Amateur Radio Club, and we do a Field Day operation uh, for the past five years I've been with them. They've been partnering with them. Um, in the past, we've done the Detroit Maker Fair, which was held at the Henry Ford Museum every year. And so we would hold an amateur radio booth and show people uh, different aspects of the hobby, which is always a lot of fun. Um, uh, back in 2018, we did a special event, uh, K0P, on Bell Isle, which is a small island off of Detroit, uh, which was commemorating the first uh, one-way communication for police officers in uh, 1928. And um, back uh, for the Solar Eclipse party in 2017, uh, one of our members set up a station outside the lab with their um, plug-in uh, hybrid uh, fusion and powered the whole radio station off of that and did a demonstration for everyone, which was really cool. And uh, back in 2015, right before I joined the club, they actually got to do uh, amateur radio ISS uh, contact with the Dearborn Public Schools. So we try and be active and help new people get in the hobby. We'll hold um, licensing classes or licensing sessions for anyone who's interested. And uh, we try to have a lot of fun. Steve, you have a question for Michael. Oh, that's great. Thanks for being here, uh, Mike. So did you said you had uh, 30 members so far in the in the club. Yeah, more or less. Um, we have a, um, you know, an email list, and we try to add anyone who has interest. We actually, mm -hmm. internal to Ford, we have a WebEx Teams uh, chat, and there's a lot of members. Uh, people sometimes pop in there and say, oh, I have a ham license, and we try to engage with them there as well. And um, you had our website up a second ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we try and have a club meeting once a month and have a different speakers, and a lot of those presentations mm -hmm. are actually 
listed on there. And so it's a great uh, depository for um, all that neat info. So what helps make the club go? I mean, what are some of the things that the club likes? Is there an emphasis on, say, field day or their digital programs? What, what seems to be the top interest in the club? Um, I would think field day is probably our most popular event. Um, we do actually, so for field day, we have a go box. Uh, we have an FT991 radio and we have like a G5RV and a lot of other gear. And actually one of the benefits of the club is uh, a members can check out this gear, say they don't have something at home or they want to go portable or something, then they can borrow it, uh, which is a nice um, perk. And uh, every nice. December, the club tries to like get together at a restaurant. Um, throughout this past couple of years now, we've actually been meeting online just because uh, most of us were working remotely anyway. So it didn't make sense to drive into Dearborn, Michigan uh, when uh, we weren't even working there. Go ahead, Steve. I know you had a question queued up. So um, how's the uh, support from management from the uh, Ford management team? Um, we have a couple, I think, uh, people who are sort of higher up who have ham licenses. Um, they don't really, I guess, engage very often. Uh, we used to have our um, repeater, I think, back before I was uh, at Ford on one of the Ford buildings, but then it moved to one of the local hotels. And actually, we're currently waiting to try and get power back on because it was shut down for a while. So we're still trying to get access back for our repeater. Well, that's good. Well, excellent. Yeah. So it, various clubs. So, so the utility I work for, uh, with with there's a lot of um, engagement from leadership of the company to uh, help support the the club, and um, more or less uh, each employee club has different uh, goals and. Uh, uh, purposes and for in the case of our club it's uh more on the ares side of things uh for e-coms but mainly to provide um more communication services between the utility the state county even though most of the time the radios are not used but there has been times where uh, drills have been done where we've lost all our phone systems how are we going to talk to state EOC, how we're going to do this, and then offloading some of our mundane traffic, like, hey, this service center needs these supplies, um, but we don't want to tie up the radio, you know, the, cor the corporation's radio frequencies because they're too busy doing switching and orders and everything else. So every uh, club, you know, company club has some different roles, and I'm just kind of wondering how your club fits into the Ford uh, umbrella and uh, if the management is uh, on board. In, in our case, we're part of the business continuity plan, so we're a little bit deeper into it versus what it sounds like with Ford, which is, which is fine. They're giving you support, and, and you know, at one point you had the repeater on one of the Ford buildings, and hopefully you can get it back. I would imagine never been to Detroit. I, I think there's probably some high rise in downtown Detroit that has a big Ford logo on it. Yeah, our uh, headquarters is in uh, Dearborn, Michigan, and there's a couple other buildings that we have that are a little taller. Um, 
as part of the FARA group, the Ford Employee Recreation Association, um, I think it's one of the nice uh, benefits of working for Ford. Uh, there's lots of different groups, and so employees can interact and meet new people there and have a lot of um, fun things to do. So that, that's always uh, something to say, why should I work for Ford? Well, we have all these different groups that you can participate in. Um, that's great. And then, of course, we represent Ford through our volunteer activities. I think in the past we volunteered with a, um, a bike ride through an organization called PEAC. -A uh, mm -hmm. I wrote down, but basically they uh, want to help people with disabilities uh, learn to ride bikes and they modified bikes for them. And it's a outreach group. And so we've done a few um, uh, communication services for that in the past. And um, so I think that's kind of our role within Ford. Cool. I want to give out your website. You've got some good uh, information there. Great links. Posted those in the chat as well. It's Kilo8UnitedTangoTango.org. A very interesting club. Check it out. They've compiled some information there. It could be very useful for you. Uh, Michael, thank you so much. Kilo Echo 8, Alpha, Quebec, Whiskey. Safe travels on your trip, and thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me. Love chatting with you, and hope to talk to you again soon. All right, 7-3, Thanks Michael. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, man. Take care, Michael. All right, I like that. Well, That's let's go cool. over here. Uh, we'll come back and talk about that. I want to let you guys know. Oh, oh girl. Right now, Sherry walked away so I can put on the tunes. I'll tell you about uh, I want to thank. Well, yeah, I want to thank Chris uh, Whiskey 5, Charlie United. He's a new sustaining member. If you believe in supporting the content you enjoy and you get value out of this program, we welcome you to check out our sustaining member program at 100wattsinawire.com. Uh, make sure you get your 100-watt ID. You can get that as well. And you may, be, uh, may even be a reviewer for the 30 days uh, peer review system. It's all there like Ragu. Ragu is not a sponsor, unfortunately. And I'd like to have Ford as a sponsor. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I do drive one and all. So, I mean, just saying. Just putting it in your ear, Michael. Uh, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I didn't mean I was putting it in his ear. It's just kind of something came out like that. Uh, I don't know what happened. Something happened. That was not good. Okay. So. Well, if Ed would share his gummies, we wouldn't be in HR's office so often, but. He's hoarding the gummies. Yeah, Ed, Ed uh, Bulls is here. It is, uh, before you know it, St. Patrick's Day will be here. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling he's a good uh, Patrick, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day Irish lad. I don't know if that's what they would call you, Ed, but but uh, there you go. Uh, if you have a question, you can put Q in front of it, and Ed will uh, kindly pull those out. We'll try to get to those in order. People have uh, submitted through the form. You can submit your questions pre show through the form and here if you're in a chat with us today put a cue in front of it you can ask about anything in the world it doesn't matter this is the intersection of life and amateur radio i don't i have a quick question for you ed it seems that uh the gummies that you are taking in have no <laughs> limit as though there's no limit to those i uh shouldn't they be monitored a little bit i i don't know should should you take it easy Ed. Well, uh, th these are medicinal gummies, so they're I, yeah, sore back. <laughs> doctor's orders, like glaucoma. <laughs> Ed Abuls, everybody. Ed Abuls. Ed 
Abuls. So very good. Uh, again, question, put a cue in front of it, and we will get to that. This is the portion of the program where we take your questions compiled from all of our social media outlets. You can find your people at Discord, and you can find your people over on Facebook as well. We take the questions, take the uh, things from the form. We take your cues here from the chat, and here we go. Steve, are you ready? Bring it on. I'll bring it on. Let's see what we can do. Hanging antennas, this is the topic from Tom, Kilo Delta 9, Foxtrot, Papa, Charlie. Now, he wants to know, should I launch or drone a line over a tree or rent a lift to arrange pulleys? So to kind of put this into context, he's, should I just throw a line over the tree or should I actually get up there and install a pulley system? What says well, you, Steve-O? Well, does your, um, does your tree need a little trimming? Oh. Then I would rent a lift, and then you can. <laughs> yeah, manscaping, manscaping, just to let the yep. team know here that manscaping, yep. it gets a little. So if your tree needs a little trimming, you can go get, go rent a lift and uh, then pull <laughs> a pulley up there. But uh, you can launch is uh, with uh, the potato gun launcher or a slingshot uh, fishing line routine. The drone would be kind of cool, um, but uh, got to be careful with that one. And uh, so, uh, benefits to I the would pulley. Do the lift. Benefits the, the, to that the way pulley. you can install a pulley up there and uh, and uh, kind of get the tree trimmed at the same time, and and then clean the windows in the upper floors of your house if you have a two story house. So you can use a lift for a lot of things. Spe- uh, Steve, let's. Hey, hi. Uh-uh. Hey, honey, I got this lift. I'm mm-hmm. going to wash your windows. windows. That's and, what you do. I know that's by what the you way, do. I'm going to hang a few pulleys. So. so the benefits of the pulley over the rope over the tree. Um, access mostly, is that the main benefit of a pulley? Well, you don't, you reduce the damage of, you know, to the tree. You know, if you have a line that is going over the limb, it's going to rub. Uh, it's going to cause some uh, damage to the tree. And then the line uh, will deteriorate, and then then your line snaps because it got got worn down from rubbing too much rubbing. Everything sounds wrong. <laughs> Sherry's, I just, I just want to let you know. Like Sherry's got a direct line to the hotline here, and it just is like, ooh, uh, that's I'll questionable. Sherry's office, right when I, we're done. I your mean, office just, uh, is adjacent right. to Sherry's office yeah, in HR. Yeah. Oh. If you have a question, put a cue you know, in front like of the it. Hotel rooms, there's a door. Yeah, there's a door right there. Yeah, they don't even want to. I don't. I don't have to go out and in. They it's don't. Just, uh, yeah, it's connecting rooms. It's like <laughs> they don't want him to have to walk into the hallway to see other people. No. It's just directly no. into that space. Sidecar, you're just out of control. We got a question. Um, yeah, it's for sure. Uh, from Spike, he. Uh, let's see what we can do here with Spike. He asked, if you drop your gummies in three fingers of vodka and they dissolve, are they more effective? This one, we're going to go to Ed Abuls. Ed Abuls, a new guy on the crew here. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the gummies? Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on, i got a gummy in my mouth. Um, Ed <laughs> Abuls. Uh, <laughs> I prefer to drop my gummies in um, a, a few fingers of uh, a nice bourbon. Not much of a vodka. Ooh, yes. Like right. that Kentucky, like them Kentucky corn squeezins. 
Okay. Yeah. Everything <clears throat> just sounds different <clears throat> with you guys. What happened? <clears throat> Pardon me. Think you need yeah, a gummy. They don't. Those gummies don't go down as smooth as you think. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it. And we will uh, kindly get there for you. And thank you for your patience in dealing with us nitwits <laughs> here today. Oh, there was a question last week, Steve, about a dipole uh, for eighty through ten, and you you know we gave some advice and we talked a little bit about that. Um, Marco wrote, he's AA five ET. Says I enjoy listening to your podcast while cleaning my Airbnb, but wanted to do, to make a comment. The question about the eighty through ten. There's an option you didn't mention, a ladder line doublet, and I had to write him back. I'm like, absolutely, you're absolutely right. And on the fly like this, we can't possibly. Uh, no, we, the antenna book is this thick, so it's sort of hard to. But a good option, right, Steve? Oh, that's a great option. It's the i really the ideal. Um dipole style antenna for multiband is is the doublet the reason i don't talk about it a lot is that and in in marco's uh, comment he talked about the old johnson matchbox you have to have a tuner that has a balanced output and a lot of tuners don't have that i mean you can get it but the majority of us don't have a uh, a tuner or the radio tuner that's built in only has a uh a coax uh, output. So I've kind of go on, you know, what's common out there. Now you can get away with putting a four to one ballon just outside the house or, and then, uh, and then go on uh ladder line. But uh, yeah, Marco, you're right. I mean, that's the, the best uh, antenna, but for the common setup that we have here today and what the majority of us have as far as equipment and outboard tuners, it uh you have to go if you're going to do the doublet antenna then you'll need a a four to one ballon to to make that transition but yeah he's he's a right it's uh i didn't think about it off the top of my head i was you know okay what does everybody have okay g5 rv off center fed dipole this or that but um yeah if you can if you can do it uh a doublet antenna cut for the lowest frequency like a off-center fed dipole and feed it with ladder line and go straight into a uh, a tuner that has a uh, balanced output you you'll be golden All right good deal thank you for that question uh, from James James asks what's your 160 meter antenna he's kilo golf 5 lima tango lima for me i've got what they call a it's a dipole but uh, both of the elements are made out of ladder line. NI4L, this is an antenna company that's part of our sustaining membership, uh, meaning if you become a member, you get discounts to participating companies. And NI4L makes a damn strong antenna. Uh, Steve also makes an incredibly strong antenna because he pays attention to the nuance of uh, the build. A lot of commercial places are building them and they sort of come out and they're, yeah, they're all right. Uh, when they come made by hand like that, oh man, that's good. But anyhow, NI4L, um, he does support our membership program, so I can say that he built me this big ass antenna. The the ballon is like this big, and it can hold like all sorts of you know power and that kind of deal. But the the elements are made out of ladder line, 
and it does really well. In the contest, I, I did a stream, quick stream, just me sitting in the room with any of the members of the Hamunity uh, here or the Hamley. You start in the Hamunity, and then as we get to know you, you become Hamley, you see. But I worked 25 states uh, on this antenna during the 160 contest and two provinces in Canada in about an hour's time. And, you know, I just go down. And if I have you already, like if I, I do like the states, if I have Florida, I won't work Florida again. doesn't matter. I just keep going. Um, but that's what I use. And it, I, I would consider it a dipole, but it is a jacked up dipole. Uh, Steve, tell the man what you're using there for 160. Homebrew double bazooka, inverted V at uh, the 80 foot level of on my tower. So, yeah, I cranked one out uh, last fall and uh, got it uh, hung on the uh, on the tower. And unfortunately, I had some local, some unique local interference that is pretty much wiping out uh, a good chunk of 160. And uh, mm, it is, uh, I'll have to send you a picture of it. And it's, it, it moves, it's shifting and it just something relatively new. And uh, it's uh, man-made because it's there 24 hours a day. So, but mm. I have a 160, just a bigger version of the uh, 40 uh, double bazooka I sent Christian. That's one big ass antenna. Yeah. Mark is commenting. Uh, it, I'm suddenly pushing Sidecar to start an antenna company. <laughs> I I'm in. Like I'm I'm in. I can tell you guys if you can get on oh, the list. And he, he's actually got a list. This guy's got a friggin' list of people who want to build stuff. It's a short list though, uh, because he doesn't build that many all the time. But man, he makes a strong antenna. And I would go into business with Steve O on uh, on that. Uh, ben had another question. Uh, thanks to Ed Abuls, our new uh, person here on the team. A uh, 45 ohm, a uh, 450 ohm or 300 ohm ladder line. I think it's 450. Mm-hmm. I think it's 450. 450 or that's 600 on, is what you want. Yeah, that's what's on mine. Uh, it's it could. I don't know if it is 600. That's a great question. Thank you for that, Ben. I'm I'm not positive. I'd have to ask Chris and I4L what he used, but it's it is a beefy antenna, and I've had to work on it a couple times. It started out as an NI4 antenna, and. Uh, it's slowly become mine, uh, wrapped around this ballon because I've exploded it. I've had to rebuild it. I didn't explode it on power. A storm came through and uh, jacked it all up. All right, there's another question. Let's see what we can do. If you have a question, we'll try to bang them out here in our remaining moments. One that came in from the form pre-show. Uh, learning Morse code. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Banging it out. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Sherry. Come on, Sherry. <laughs> Everything is, they gotta be real careful. Learning Morse code, not Morris code. It's actually uh, written wrong here on the thing. Learning more code. Uh, do other people struggle to learn it like me? Is it a brain thing? Kilo India 7, Juliet, Oscar, Mike, Steve is pointing to himself. He uh, thinks it's a yeah, brain I thing. I struggled. I really struggled back in the day when we had to have it. So Tell me it more. Was, it was a tough one. It's it's like learning a new language. So what a stupid son of a bitch. Thanks, Joe. JB, thanks, say Uncle Joe. Thanks. Just because you knew no. the code, huh? Leave him alone. Now the curse <laughs> words don't get problems. There's no problems with the curses. Yeah. 
It's innuendo. Yeah. Uh, you know, time became my issue with uh, learning the code. I, I, I learned it the wrong way, and I've said this many times in the past, but I learned how to send, didn't learn how to hear it. And by the time I got 13 letters into it, I had realized I had done it wrong. And then I had this notion that I would somehow learn the code as my children were learning the alphabet. But do you know that the children learn the alphabet in like 20 minutes? There's a friggin' song oh that God. goes with it and everything else. And you're like, they know it already. And I missed that boat. So I think time for me, I knew I would always go and learn it if I needed to become a ham. I would definitely have done it. it wasn't required when I got my license, so I didn't. But I am fascinated uh, by it. Uh, Ed, Ed Abuls joining us for his <laughs> first time here. Uh, do you know the code, and uh, have you tried, dabbled in it, any anything like that? I know I've been, uh, I've been learning slowly, learning my code. I, I'm not fluent in it yet. And uh, I, when I used to have an hour drive to the studio where I used to work, and I would uh, put in uh, like an, a, a little audio uh, lesson to listen to while I was driving to work, and that worked pretty well for a while. But then, uh, then I don't spend as much time in the car anymore, so my my more studies have sort of dwindled as a result. Mm -hmm. Okay, understood. <clears throat> Sean has a question there. Sean has a question. When building an 80-meter off-center fed dipole, is a 4-to-1 voltage ballon or a 4-to-1 current ballon preferred? Thanks for your input. Look, I'm not giving anybody my input, <laughs> Sherry. You understand? Sad. It's a sad, current sad. Current ballon, Sean. That's sad. what you want. Current, current ballon, you said? Mm -hmm. That's what you want. If you're building a Carolina Wyndham, then you want a voltage ballon plus a one-to-one -one current ballon. But for just a straight off-center fed dipole, a uh, four-to-one current ballon is all you need. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it. We'll try to bang it out quickly. If not, we will uh, bring it back uh, next week. Um, from the form, uh, it's about mobile power. Is there a way to connect the radio to the battery so it only gives power when the car is running? Using the car's battery, is there only a way to not draw from that battery so you go ass out without any power because you drained it? Uh, you can put in a relay that yep. the uh, contact uh, that will uh, take a, a switched voltage off the, say, the fuse panel. If you find a spot on your fuse panel that, like the car radio, uh, that will provide 12 volts when the key is on and then that would in turn energize the relay which in turn would energize power from the battery to your hf radio that's cool. the simplest easiest way to go all right thank you for those questions remember you can you can add it late here a couple things to wrap up before we let you go there's a ham fest uh friend wrote bruce kilo golf five yankee united oscar he says hello christian Here's the link to our club's Ham Fest, March 19th. Maybe we can get that in the chat real quick. We're raffling off a 7610. Participants don't need to be present nice. for the drawing. We could use the help selling tickets if that's okay. Uh, we'll put your information out, and if that helps you, that's wonderful. Uh, so that's a, a Ham Fest for you to, to take a look at, W5QGG, I think. Uh, also, QSO Today Ham Expo is happening March 12th and 13th. Tickets are 10 ducats. Speakers, presentations, builds, and lounges. QSO nice. Today Ham Expo, giving a little love there to them. I don't think I can participate in that. 
uh, this time around. The first year of uh, the pandemic was perfect. Uh, and then I got super busy. Some contests before we go here. Uh, the Ukraine Ritty Challenge, of course, has been canceled. Uh, that was uh, to be, what's that, today and tomorrow. However, the ARRL International DX Contest running this weekend, running right now. So if you want to make some DX contacts, contacts even, this is the time to do that. Also, there's a Novice Rig Roundup happening this weekend uh, through March 13th. Uh, I got time to mention that a, a very important man in Ethernet has passed away. David Boggs, Whiskey Alpha 3, Delta Bravo, Juliet is now a silent key, worked for Xerox. He had one of those, what they call a huge effing brains. And he's the co-founder of um, the Ethernet, which we all use. Sadly, Steve, he was only 71 years old. Any thoughts on him before we wrap? Oh, that's uh, what he has done is, is changed, you know, we're living, you know, his dream and his, uh, our whole world is now connected. It's pretty much the, the standard of, uh, interconnecting of, uh, all devices is, uh, everything based and mm -hmm. everything is getting there. I mean, in, I mean, in the, in the industry I'm in, uh, to, um, now broadcasting and, uh, the concert world, I mean, live wire and stuff like that. Uh, AEX 67, AEX 67, uh, the Dante format. Dante, yeah. And this is just in the professional sound where, you know, guys, all you do is run Ethernet cable and boom, there it is. You don't need to have a snake going out from the soundboard up to the stage. You just, an Ethernet cable handles it all. It's uh, real. 128 so channels from the stage to the front of house over a single cat six cable. It's unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, it's just, so it, what he has done and what he contributed to, uh, you know, where we are today and where we're going tomorrow. And, and that's just only a small portion. We're only talking just, you know, live sound and, and obviously our whole internet and mm. computing. And uh, it's just freaking amazing. Just absolutely amazing. And uh, so thank you. Yep. Thank you for that contribution. A couple things that you need to know about. We do a live stream for our Sunday evening net. Sunday evening net and live stream happens here on this channel. Sundays at 7 o'clock central. Uh, lots of, uh, I'm sure we'll pause a little bit because the contest probably runs right up until the time we start. Mm -hmm. But that that's okay. Uh, everyone will be exhausted. That was in the contest and we'll have it all to ourselves but uh, you're welcome to join us there. Also, find your people. It's important. My uh, family used to say, you got to find your people, you weirdo. You damn it. You know, get out of here. Uh, you go find your people. So apparently my family was not always my people. But just speaking in terms of amateur radio folks, we're on Facebook here, 100 Watts and Wire. And on Discord, the links are provided in the video below. Uh, anything else? Did we miss anything? Anything else? We must welcome Ed. Ed is here, and uh, his welcome first time, guy. his name is Ed Abouls. Kilo Charlie 3, Bravo, yeah, X-Ray November. He's, he's a little, little selfish. Well, not. Steve. Bitch. <laughs> Oops. Jeez. <laughs> hey, whoa, we didn't uh, see the curse words. Don't care. I think we could actually just keep going. Thanks for the thumbs up. Thanks for the support and coming here. Uh, this week, it's a great part of our morning and our weekend to kick off. 
We end the weekend together as well on the live stream. All your favorites are here. Uncle Paul, Edda Bulls will be here. I'll be here. Steve-O will be here. Uh, Big Don in Minnesota with the coldest nuts in the land. Cold nut Don. Cold nut Don. Cold nut. (laughs) (laughs) It's just um, they both... I'll explain it to you later. Uh, I'll I'll have to go to HR and talk about that. All right, brothers and sisters, may the dogs run by your side. And all uh, by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 73 to you and you and you and you. 73, everyone. Thanks for being here. 73, everybody. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.